0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Escape the Cage. I am Chuck Ellis, your host, and with me today is a guy who's got a really interesting idea. Uh, It's a business idea that I have not really heard before and um, he reached out to me and uh, I was on his podcast. Now I'm getting him a chance to talk about what his idea is on my podcast. So without any further ado, I want to bring on Ben Carson from Caffeinated Labs. And uh, Ben, before you tell me exactly what it is you're doing, um, take me back go through that proverbial story. What's what's your story and how did you end up in, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and starting your own thing?
1: Yeah, Chuck, for sure. Thanks for having me, of course. Um, it's nice to be on the other end of this. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so my journey is basically, um, I did heating and cooling after high school for about seven years. Did college for a little while, uh, just Decided it wasn't really for me. Heating, cooling—you can make about six figures a year when you cap out. Um, kind of enjoyed it, but you know, I just—I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, and so if you—if you are one and you're doing a nine to five, you're gonna—you're gonna get an itch. That's why I just called. That's what a lot of people call. It. It's just the itch that you just got to do something else. And so I was starting to really get that itch unscratched and starting to think about what else I wanted to do. And I was just given an opportunity from someone I know that really wanted to go into finance very different from heating and cooling uh, had no business doing it you know but sometimes when you have money it just you get to take op- opportunities and risks that you shouldn't have but you know it came down to who I knew not what I knew and so we started to learn uh, investing options and uh, didn't do very good at starting out obviously had no real experience but was just willing to try. Um, luck be have it I was actually able to connect with someone that was a nine figure trader. And they mentored me and really changed my trajectory. And again, not about what you know, it's about who you know. And so I did trading for seven years. And after a while, when it's just about money, I just started to burn out. And when COVID hit, I really didn't lose any money on the way down. And I just didn't feel, I didn't feel good about that even because like COVID was a big game changer. In the financial markets, it's just it's just numbers, it's just money, and just you know, just for whatever reason, for me, it just it burned me out. I was I was just done with it at that point, so I decided that I want to take a break. Didn't want to walk away, just want to take a break, and created a company called Wall Street Prints. the I, The original goal was just redecorate my own office, give me something to look forward to when I walked in instead of just some generic poster from Iconic, um, and so I had a connection with a really good artist I found through Etsy, just luck of the draw hit up 10 artists and this one guy responded. And he turns out to be probably the best artist I've ever met in my life. Definitely the best one in all of Oregon. And he created this really unique artwork for me that I put up for my own office, just put it online. Some people saw it that were traders on in my social circles. They all wanted it themselves. And before you knew it, I had a six-figure launched um, print demand business. And so that gave me a lot more feeling of happiness than finance ever did. And I decided I was done with it because When you're just doing finance. It's just about money. Like I said, when you're doing something that's adding value to someone else's life, you feel better about yourself. So I'm all for making a living. I'm all for providing for your family. But if you can do it in a way that helps someone else, you feel a whole lot better and your bad days are a lot easier because when it's just about money, there's gonna be days you're gonna be drinking at noon. And when it's good days, you're gonna make five thousand dollars an hour and have nothing else to do. And you just feel empty, making a ton of money. Like just for me personally, it wasn't it. There are plenty of people that do phenomenal things with finance, happy to do it. Um, more power to them. It just it's not my circle, it's not my life anymore. And that's fine. You know, everyone's gotta find their own journey. Did that for a couple of years. Um, I don't want to cut you off there if you want to say no, this no, thing, no, go ahead. I've been going for a little bit, but no, but basically did that for a couple of years. And my artist got into NFTs, and so I'd looked into NFTs, had heard of heard of them, thought they were a scam, to be honest with you. Um, but I started studying the technology behind them, and what really blew my mind was this thing called Web three blockchain, uh, smart contracts. And so where we're at now is basically, I knew how to do trading really, really well. I could do a, a course better than anyone I know out there that teaches one, because most of them are just fake, they were not mentored by anyone legit, they have no real experience. I could do print-on-demand better than almost anyone out there because I made a six-figure business, I know exactly what not to do, what to do, and both options, I didn't wanna sell a course because if I'm charging you $2,000 for a course, you're out $2,000. You're gonna get some education back, but you're still out $2,000 forever. And if I have to do an upsell for you later, you're just gonna be out more money and I just never felt right doing courses. With Web3 technology, with the NFT marketplace and everything else. When you're done with your access to whatever you're trying to do, if it's built right, you can sell it to someone else and that is a game changer and that's why we're doing it.
0: All right, so I wanna backtrack a little bit because you said you went from HVAC Mm -hmm. to finance. Like you said, not a natural progression, but what what I think that you hit on was that, I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but, I decided to do it anyway. And I think that's probably just speaking to the whole fact that you're you're never gonna feel ready when you make a major transition like that. And you just
1: have oh, go for it anyway.
0: And isn't that right?
1: Absolutely. There's there's no question. Life is life is literally about just feeling uncomfortable. Cause when you start to feel comfortable whenever you're doing, it's probably time to do something
0: else. So when you, so you've learned so much, obviously, and and over mm-hmm. what period of time was this transition between HVAC to finance to what you're doing now? Uh,
1: I did HVAC for about seven years, finance for a little over seven years. I'm uh, um, in my second year print man. so just started this leg of the journey, but. This one's a lot more just, you know, post-COVID, everything just moved faster. So remote work just really caught up to everyone now. And you can just, you can move a lot quicker now because a lot of people have schedules that allow you to build things a lot quicker than you used to be able to.
0: What advice do you give to somebody who's feeling that they're stuck? And, you know, either they have a business and they feel stuck or they they just want to do their own thing like you did um what advice do you give to them and 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 how do they get over this oh well i don't know this and i don't know that and and how am i going to learn this i mean kind of kind of take me through your thought process because like i said you have made like you know much more than a 180 in my mind you have like (laughs) completely changed but i think so so many people don't take that step because they're like oh well i I don't have the tools now but how do you kind of get over that and say okay I don't have them, but I can get them.
1: I think you really just have to have a growth mindset. Uh, if your listeners don't know what that is, it's basically, if it's either a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. Uh, Carol Dweck made an amazing book about this, um, but basically either you're born with it or you don't have it, but you can get it. And you know, the, the best, I've got five kids, best analogy I can give you is there's never going to be a point I'm going to tell my kids, stop trying to walk. You just didn't figure it out in time. Just be willing to fail, and you know the biggest thing is is anyone out there that has a kid that has watched them progress, they know it takes time. Yet when we start a project, when we start a side hustle, we expect it to work so quickly, and if it doesn't work, we're like, ah, we suck at this. Let's just try something else. No one has enough time to just give it what it needs, but we we give real things in life plenty of time. We would never tell our kid stop walking; you just ran out of time. But our business, ah, two weeks, it sucks. I'm moving on.
0: I think that's that uh, that thing that Alex Harmozi talks about. It's, it's it's likelihood of success, and when we don't see evidence of that likelihood of success right away, mm-hmm. we like you said, we we tend to give up um, rather than realizing that anything and everything, um, you know, takes time. It takes time to build. And, um, you know, going through that thought process, but it's just like you said, with kids, I mean, you know, they don't ever quit trying to walk, they don't ever quit trying to, to ride your you know, you think about when you rode your bike, how many times did you bust it, you know, and probably oh scrape up the elbows and the knees, but your goal was to learn how to ride that bike. And so you, you, you know, you, you forged through that stuff. So, um, so, talk to me a little bit about because I am pretty naive when it comes to NFTs. I'm I'm kind of where you probably were when you started, just like I don't understand it. I don't I don't really understand. I mean, you can you can give us like the definition of of the NFTs and and kind of see where you see it going and how it interacts and see if you can come up with some kind of analogy to tell people how it interacts with Web three and, and how this all works together.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a uh... That's a loaded question. But I'll is do a my best. <laughs> um, I think anyone that, because first off, there's a lot of stuff in the news right now that says NFTs are dead. Plenty of YouTube videos out there. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is you got to look at history. And so, anyone that's by a computer, if you Google Internet's a Fad 2001, <laughs> I mean, basically, we're talking post dot com bubble because there was a l- lot of money out there pre bubble. And after it burst, the amount of pundits that went online and wrote these little blog articles that said it's over. It's a joke it's over the bet's been lost like it's just hilarious now but in the moment so many people said you know what i think i was wrong in this internet thing it just boggles the mind how history just it never repeats but it always leaves clues it always does the same similar things and i think that's where we're at with web3 technology because once you have this type of technology there it's not going to go away so an nft is basically this it's, it's called a non-fungible token it just means it's something one of a kind. So chapter one was this crazy hype phase similar to the dot-com bubble in that, you know, a new technology emerges and we went way over the top. Uh, I don't know if you can really justify $400,000 for a JPEG. Uh, it does get you on a yacht once a year, a couple times a year, maybe. So maybe that's cool. But for most of these projects, they were garbage. They were just buying on hype, creating this nonsense that literally when an NFT just gets you more NFTs, that's a Ponzi scheme. Just people didn't realize it at the time. And so... Yes, it crashed down along with uh, crypto, along with the rest of the world. Everything's down. Apple's down 20, 30%. What did Apple do differently? Nothing. It's just the market. The entire bubble burst. Every single asset class got spanked when the Fed tightened up because the Fed the Fed kind of controls the world. And when they stop printing money and they start tightening up, everyone's going to feel it. And that's just part of the game. But the technology there is still there. And it's still going to be there in a few years, and a few months, whenever... The governments decide we've gone too far off the deep end this way and we're going to come back that technology is still there and suddenly you're starting to look like the internet 2003 or 2004 because i will say web 3 technology technology in general is just moving so much faster now we're not going to have a 20-year cycle to go from 2001 to 2021 like the internet took a long time to catch up But you look at the growth of these things. Look at TikTok. The growth of TikTok, how fast it hit a billion users versus every other social media platform, it's Mm -hmm. never been done before. Technology just moves faster now. So don't expect this massively slow buildup. It's going to be a lot more mainstream adaption than we realize, but the technology is not going to go away.
0: So it's my understanding, and again, I am a complete uh, noob when it comes to all of this stuff. So it's my understanding we're currently in Web 2.0 and then we're headed toward web three. Talk about the difference between those two, how they work.
1: So web two is basically everything now. So web one was basically like, you might be able to read something online, very poor interactions, almost nothing. Web two is basically where we're at now, that everyone has their own username. So if you pull up Google password right now, you probably have 40 different accounts. You probably have 40 different passwords. Uh, The future is web three and in web three, it's no longer a password that can be stolen. If someone steals your identity, if they get your login and your password, they can get into any of your accounts. In Web3, you're gonna have what's called a wallet, a digital wallet, and it's going to hold some sort of NFT, some sort of a validator. And without it, you can't get it. So a good example is my project, Caffeinated Creatures, gets you this phenomenal access. Like a, it's we built a dashboard from scratch. It's over six figures, cost alone. It's got 2000 hours into it already. It's got everything, but if you don't have the actual NFT, you can't get in because there's no username and password you can use. Web3 allows you one NFT, one access point to get into everything if you want, but it can't be taken because it goes into a digital wallet that cannot be stolen. There's things called cold storage, which is some sort of thing like a ledger, um, treasure. there's things like that, basically that literally you press a button to validate real time and it can't be taken. It's a type of wallet storage that prevents theft. There are um, digital wallets only, which are called hot wallets. There's all sorts of stuff. It's just it'll take some YouTube videos getting used to, but the technology allows you to not have your your uh, identity stolen in a way that it happens currently. And there's still theft going on. It's still early. It's not mainstream yet. You know, there's plenty of scams going on all the time. But the future of this technology is going to be a, a much uh, safer place when people start to understand the realities of it and it starts to get more mass mass adapted.
0: So one of the things that I have heard about and made me even more leery about NFTs was the fact that some very popular ones or some very large ones were stolen recently. And then um, I, I think... I think Seth Green comes to mind. He had one um, and you you probably know far more about this than I do, but that just made me as like, okay, well, if they can be stolen, then how mm-hmm. secure are they? So I guess that's that's one of my main questions about it is like, you know, what's, what's the security? How does that work?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to a couple of different things. Like if I, I don't know if you can see this, but this is basically called a ledger. And this little device right here is less than 150 bucks. But if you have it, there's a special code that can't be accessed without having this. And you press a button to verify, and suddenly you can't be hacked. And if they figure out how to do that, there'll be other things that that come in line that make security things that just weren't present. Because you can get hacked now In you can get your username hacked. I mean, the amount of emails I get a week that says, hey, your password was was compromised with this you know, data breach of 25 million other accounts. Like that's just part of web two. It's just part of life. And we just ignored almost because it's like, ah, eh, it's just part of it. Everybody got their stuff stolen, whatever. When we hear about web three, we're like, oh my gosh, that's scary. This new technology doesn't work. Let's get out of it. But the reality is the technology is still new. It's not a hundred percent yet, but it gives you a lot more security. And if anyone that actually is considering NFTs, if you're going to spend over $150 on an NFT, which most decent NFTs are probably close to a thousand and up, you should spend the spend $150 on a cold wallet, a Nano, a Nano X, a Nano X Ledger, whatever. And that prevents 95% of the theft out there, maybe all the theft out there. And it's just that simple. If you're not willing to spend that, then yes, you could get hacked and everything. I mean, you can get hacked no matter what, but the, sure. the ability to get hacked, the likelihood falls off a cliff almost when you're willing to put in a little extra money to get that hardware that prote- protects you.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's good to know, because I I didn't understand, you know, how you protect yourself against something like that. So, um, you know, what 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 reminds me of is, again, and it's all about being short sighted, you know, Mm -hmm. not about having the long term vision. And it reminds me of this video that you've probably seen just like I have. There's this famous interview where David Letterman and you people our age will understand this. And he had on Bill Gates. And he was talking about the internet, and this was in the early, early days. And he's like, "Yeah, they talked about uh, they talked about playing a baseball game on the internet." And I'm like, "Have you ever heard a radio?" And it just, you know, it did not, you know, it did not breathe well. Uh, <laughs> now that we look at it here in, in 2022, but and and I heard Gary V say something similar to that too. Is like people only. People only look at current technology for what current technology does, not what it's capable of doing in the future. And I think that's where they possibly, you know, sell it short. And and I'm sure most people who don't understand it, like me, don't understand future applications. So we kind of know what they are now. Do you have a sense for what it might become in the future?
1: I mean, this this can go a little black mirror here. Uh we can go a little dark and we can go a little light. So, like I'm gonna talk about the dark side for a second because in the future, I believe most tickets will be replaced by some sort of NFT. So, what that means, you know, 10 years in the future, there's a good chance you have a wallet that all of your concert tickets, all of your your venues that you see games at, all of those tickets go into this wallet. And then you have a software that gets access to that wallet and finds all of your hobbies, not based on check marks that you've done, but based off everything you've done. And then it connects you with other people like that. It puts you in groups with other people like that. And your privacy goes out the window. Uh, it had great applications because a dating um, software could really connect you with someone that, that piques your interest because you have similar hobbies. It also invades all of your privacy to the point that you have nothing sacred because everything is available to the software that can get in there and just access because it can't take anything, but it can definitely see what you hold. And so there's a lot more transparency with web three. There's also a lot more potentially problems with it. And so there's going to be checks and balances that aren't there yet that will be in place because I don't care personally if, if someone can see all that stuff, I don't really want my kids to be viewed like that though. And let my kids like someone just study my kids that way. I don't want that for them. So there's gotta be a check and balance that doesn't quite exist yet. I'm not sure where that's going to go. So that's the downside, but the upside is. When you have this technology in place truly perfected to the point that people aren't getting scammed and stolen like they are now, the ability to sell a house online, the ability to to do a lot of things that you currently can't do, both through the technology and through the laws, You you can't sell a house as an NFT. Even if you could, the law won't allow it yet. It's still too early, but there will come a point where you can. Because for example, when I started trading, I used to have to do phone orders sometimes even. I had Mobile orders were $10 a pop, $20 a pop on a very slow internet. There was It was unheard of to do free transactions. Robinhood came along and changed the entire industry to the point that now all retail brokerages offer free trading and they make their money by selling your order flow. And most people don't even understand what that means. And that's fine. But you get free trading now. That didn't exist 10 years ago. That didn't exist you know, a long time ago. And so for a long time, brokers made these very lucrative trades, $30 to $60 a trade, helping someone do something that you can do now for free and so the technology catches up so the technology will catch up here and offer some really unique opportunities when the laws check catch up with it but you know there's a lot of upside there's a lot of privacy issues on the downside and where we end up down the road is is way too vague right now to figure out but it's exciting i mean it's whatever's going to happen it's not going away
0: are there concerns with government um, government regulation and personally for me I'm always concerned with the government getting way too much no into joke. my business but no joke. um and I'm sure you are too as as a business owner but are there concerns that that they can hurt the viability or or hurt the possible growth and expansion of this through you know over-regulation, if you will
1: I mean that's that's definitely not my specialty I mean the the government can always try and overstretch um, you know I think the government will see the transactions and in the last bull market the amount of money that was generated was incredible uh i know the government's trying already to to block taxes on any uh crypto transaction less than 50 bucks they understand the amount of money they're missing out on tax revenue from trying to do this i mean i think there's a reason if you take this over to online gambling things like that the government's always tried to overstep on they're starting to see how much tax revenue they're pulling they're missing out on and so they're trying to legalize it state by state i think more than likely You'll have some overreach and then you'll start to see tax implications and they'll start to pull it back because at the end of the day, most of what the government does uh, for us is, is kind of money driven, in my opinion, just from my background, maybe. Sure. But I don't know. I'm not a government person. I'm sure there's going to be some overreach, but I, I hope it kind of works itself out in the end, kind of like they did in the Internet. I'm sure there's a lot of legalities when it first came out versus what there is now.
0: So what is the, and again, this is all, this is all for my edification because I, I understand so little about this, this new thing. Um, how does this align with, is there any, is there any um, similarity to or alignment with cryptocurrency? I mean, do they kind of go hand in hand or or not. They can, they can be completely separate.
1: I mean, they're, the most NFTs are actually minted on the Ethereum blockchain itself. Uh, that would be a question for my developer more than me, but mm-hmm. they they definitely go hand in hand. To the point, I mean, a lot of people lost a lot of money in NFTs, but you had a very interesting thing in that the NFT lost value, and then the Ethereum, the actual cryptocurrency you paid with, uh, went from four thousand to just under a thousand. So you basically lost seventy five percent of your money on the actual currency you used to buy, and then your NFT lost fifty to seventy five percent. People took pain like they just haven't experienced in in any bull market in the last 10 years. And so they blame it on just this entire thing being a fad and fake and everything else. But it's just it, it comes down to the fact that it's so new. It's not uh, it's just not quite developed where it's going to be in a few years. I mean, that's what when you try something new, this is a downside that's going to happen. Like If you look way back in history to the point, like in the very uh, beginning, I want to say JP Morgan was one of the first guys to get electricity in his house. And he did it from Edison and JP Morgan's library burned down. He had priceless additions everywhere Mm -hmm. and Edison literally apologized. And then it went back out there and JP Morgan said, do it again, because when you're willing to take a risk, you understand the downside, but you know, the long-term upside is going to be there. And so you have to just be understanding that this is a new technology that's going to have some amazing long-term implications implications. And on the short side, it's going to uh, potentially make you a lot of money or it's going to burn you depending on where you're at. And it's just take the shot. It's okay.
0: So when you are, um, so what's your advice for somebody who really doesn't know too much about this, but is kind of intrigued by its possibilities for them and investing in all kinds of things in the future. Where do you suggest that they start kind of educating themselves?
1: I don't think the technology is going anywhere, and so if you have no money, uh, what's interesting to see in this overall uh, NFT universe right now is the last massive project that came out was Other Side. That was a company that helped create Board A Dot Club. Uh, they had one of the biggest raises ever, and it basically only helped the the richest people in crypto space because they just didn't allow any sort of of whitelist access list anything that basically gave an orderly fashion to how to mint it. And people lost a lot of money in it. And so you went from that extreme to this current extreme that's starting to fizzle out. That was just free NFTs for everyone. And then the demand would pop up afterwards. And so it's just interesting to see this, this uh, sort of, I don't even know how you would say it, this weird arc where people went so obsessed with the money to the money doesn't matter at all. And now they're just starting to come back in the middle. So if you don't have any money, you might be able to find some free mints depending on when this uh, podcast airs it's starting to come back to normal. And so it's just something that if you're going to take a shot at it, you need to understand that the money is probably going to be gone. You're probably, if you're going to try and do it, something immediately just to make flips and stuff like that, that's just not my game. I, I did it for trading for too long and I don't like that. So if you want to do it, just give yourself some money. If you lose it, you learn something. If you make some money, sweet, but long-term you're probably going to lose it anyway. Cause most people don't have any sort of strategy here. And flipping is not a strategy that makes you real money for any length of time. So, if that's not your case, then you probably want to look into a lasting project. And so that's kind of why we've built our project, Caffeine Creatures, is that the NFT gives you everything you need. Our, our Basically, our North Star is we want to be the... Basically, our project is this. We want to help entrepreneurs launch and scale with connections, content, and capital. And so we're going to give everything an entrepreneur needs to launch a business, to scale their business, to connect with someone else. To get the type of coaching they need, the education they need, um, or even the funding they need. And when our project is like that, we're doing something for the long term. So you don't need to touch our project, but you need to find projects like ours. If you're not finding, (coughs) excuse me, if you're not finding something that has long term value in this market, you're probably gonna lose your money. So if you're trying to flip, do whatever you wanna do. If you're trying to buy something that lasts, you need to make sure you're buying the right project.
0: So so how did this idea specifically come about for you? Was was there a problem that you were, because I've I've spoken to several entrepreneurs lately and, you know, it it seems like they are, um, their business models are usually a product of, I had this problem, I solved it for myself, and now I want to share that solution with others. Was it like that for you with this or? Uh,
1: It basically came down to, my journey was literally only about the the who I knew and not the what I knew, and so I figured this: if you want a course, go to Coursera. You can go to Udemy. I mean, it's twenty bucks to get a course. I mean, if if that's all you're really missing, uh, you know, you can buy three or four courses in the same subject and probably figure it out. But the connections are really hard to make, and so I started just. I, I'm pretty good at networking online, and so I've just made a lot of connections with people that really wish they knew how to trade. I mentored a couple people. Um, my last uh, private client was a lawyer from Australia and I'm in, I'm in Kansas in the, in the US and basically just he needed help how to trade. And so I was willing to do that, but it's just difficult to really do that more than just occasionally. And like I said, I never wanted to make my living just trying to do something like that. And so Web3 just gives me the opportunity to connect with a whole lot of people. I mean, my, my big idea here is to help 10,000 entrepreneurs over the next three years in the process, launch a lot of businesses myself and really see what works. It gives me a ton of opportunities, a ton of connections. It helps me just as much as it helps everyone else. But the the thought of giving an entrepreneur a lifetime access for the same cost as what I've spent on one course would be amazing because I've spent $25,000 on courses in the last seven, 10 years. And they all help, but that's a lot of money that I'll never get back. I can't go back to the course creator and say, I want a refund. Or I can't go to the next person in line and say, I'll sell you my course because it's not how it works in web two. Once you buy the course, you're stuck with it. And if you're selling it to someone else, you're bootlegging a course and you know, it's just not, you can't do it that way. Web three allows us to do that. And so Mm -hmm. I want to be the person that helps all these entrepreneurs because it's never been done before. And I like doing something like this. It's, it's truly something unique that I'm excited for.
0: So so, what is your time frame that you were hoping to accomplish this um, this by with with all these businesses that you're going to help?
1: Yeah, we're um, so we got 15 people on the team. Uh, we start building this in February, and we're launching in October. So we're about three months out before, uh, actually a little less, ten weeks out or so uh, before we're ready to go. And we've got um, four course creators already signed up, not including our own team for day one. So. Basically, if you mint with us on day one, you have about a $20,000 library. That's tons of education, tons of of courses that really matter. Uh, How to write a business plan from a guy that's raised a billion dollars for other companies. How to pitch from a guy that owns an accelerator. Uh, We've got connections with VCs that will come on and fund some businesses. We're going to fund some businesses ourselves. And um, basically, our goal is to let every entrepreneur that has a business idea or has a business and is struggling to find what they need through this group. And so that's something that truly has never been done before because every every person I've had on my podcast that I explained to this project to is blown away because most people are just trying to make a quick buck and leave. And you know I did that. I did that long enough to know that if it's just about the money, it doesn't last and you just you burn out. This is something that really helps people. It lets me make some money. It's not something that's going to make me crazy rich, but it's something that's going to help enough people and be sustainable. And I'm really excited about that. When it's not just about the money and you're helping people along the way, it really lets you take it a lot further than you could any other way.
0: Well, I know for me, um, yeah, purpose far exceeds, you know, income. I mean, when you get up every day and you love what you're doing and you love the impact that you get to make on other people, I mean, that's that's far ha- that's far more important than money. I mean, you look at the the Anthony Bourdain's and the Kate Spades and all these people of the world that had all this money. And yet they were so incredibly miserable and felt like what they do on a daily basis doesn't matter. You know, that that they got to the desperate states at at which they are. So I'm I'm totally with you there. Um, You know, and I think we are we are in such a consumer driven society. We don't realize you know, it's 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 less about, you know, all the stuff that I have and, and it's more about sorry about here as the dog slams into the no, you're fine. curtain. Um it's more about um, you know, it's more about what does it, you know, what's the very minimum that it would take to make me happy? And you know, I'm I'm kind of like you. I'm like, I just wanna be able to get up every day, make a positive impact on people, share with them things. Um, that I'm learning and um, become one of these people. I was like, Hey, if he can do that, or if he can learn that, um, you know, where he came from, then, then I can certainly do that too. So, and I, I I get the sense from talking to you uh, the two times that we have talked that, that that's your mission as well. Oh, absolutely. No
1: question. I mean, let's be honest. I've got five kids and like the oldest ones, uh, almost 10, Uh, I started trying to doing something like entrepreneur wise. And I think I was like 16, you know, so like, I'm, I'm starting to think in the back of my head, you know, where do I want my kids to be in 10 years? And Mm -hmm. do I want them to learn this type of stuff for me? And then do I want them to just hop on YouTube and see what happens? Do I want to have a, a way that I can help them walk through this path? Uh, and this really gives us those opportunities. You know, we, we just signed on the guy, um, that basically uh, is the top salesman for Go High Level, which is like the the Mm -hmm. competitor for um, ClickFunnels. And so they literally gave him a Tesla. He's such a good salesman and he's given our course or he's given his course into us and he's going to do some uh, private coaching pretty much for our community. You know, we had a guy last week that was on my podcast that's basically a a master in electrical engineering and he makes more money selling on Amazon than he does anything else. So we've got him to be able to do a a private group and we're going to literally fund, um, six to eight members of our community. So they go from zero and they're going to get to five figures a month and we'll document the whole thing. Like it's one thing to give out a course. It's another thing to be able to document that journey so that no one can say it's easy for that entrepreneur to say it. They make, you know, whatever, when you see someone start at zero and within six months, they've recorded every single week, they show the process and they're making $10,000 a month themselves. It's really easy to say, well, I have no more excuses because you've taken away everything. Like, you know, one of the best, uh, best quotes I've heard uh, lately is you either get results or excuses, but you can't get both. And so I really like that. It's from Jill Sinclair. And so I'm just trying to really implement that and give everyone the opportunity to run out of excuses.
0: That's awesome. All right. So as we wrap up here, Ben, where can people reach you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I run a podcast called The Caffeinated Hustle. You can find us on Apple, uh, Spotify, all that stuff. Um, you can find us online on Twitter. Uh, the project is at NFT, And uh, if you want to reach out to me personally, it's ben at Labs.io.
0: All right. And guys, I will put all of this information in the notes for the video version, as well as the um, the Spotify and Anchor version. Ben, uh, very illuminating for me as someone who knows very little about this. Um, I feel like I at least have a cursory knowledge of, of things now. And, and so I want to thank you for spending the time with me. I, I want to uh, encourage you to uh, feel free to, to let me know as this project develops and as it advances, and, and we'll try to have you back on and and kind of get an update of where you guys are and, you know, further as as your vision expands for this, where, where you see it going in the future.
1: Yeah, for sure. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me, Chuck.
0: All right. Thanks. This has been my best Ben Carson of the uh, caffeinatedlabs.io and his NFT and slash entrepreneurial project. Uh, This has also been the Escape the Cage podcast with me, your host, Chuck Ellis, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.